0: Okay, Welcome to Chit Chat Money. This is the 25 Stocks of Christmas. It is a new segment. We're doing it for the month of December. Um,
1: Very exciting.
0: Yeah, probably the most exciting thing we've ever done. And so for the structure, just so everyone knows, it's one episode every day, December 1st through the 25th. Uh, Each episode is an interview with uh, an analyst or one of our friends, and they are basically pitching one of their best ideas, a stock they like at the time, Um, and it's just a deep discussion on the business and sort of what they think of it as an investment. Uh, Uh, We should
1: always remember, though, that these are not investment advice. This isn't anything that right. you should take formal advice on. These are all just things for getting information out there, getting ideas out there for you to learn about and do research on your own. Uh, we won't say this every episode, but we want to make that clear yeah. with something like this.
0: But it should be fun. Uh, but before we get to that, we have a word from our partners uh, over at 7invest. Do you want to give the sales pitch? You want yeah, me to? I'll, I'll do
1: the sales pitch. I okay. know you said that and in a future episode, although we we're because we're recording this, that uh, in different days that uh, you got all the ones after you recorded so i got I'm a better game yeah uh, there's seven nothing in- you can do about it seven investing is almost like a financial advisor for yourself although they are not financial advisors it is a subscription service personable you can get ten dollars off with our promo code ccm so it's only seven bucks your first month you're only you're not locked into any long-term deal so you can try it out see all the great things they have to offer i know that they had something i think austin's picks he's had four up over 100 percent since the start they've done it so that's uh that's really good and they're also long-term oriented so they're trying to help retail investors invest for the long term in individual companies that's all i can say they're great partners to have
0: and it's code ccm so yeah we'll see whose sales pitch was better um but yeah that was decent uh but yeah code ccm for seven invest uh but next we have our interview with jason moser here you go
2: Welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investment. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are not financial advisors. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guest is not formal advice or a recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode.
0: Welcome to 25 Stocks of Christmas. Today, we are welcomed by Jason Moser, a lead advisor for The Motley Fool. Uh, Jason, we actually had you on, what was that, a year, year and a half ago now?
1: Yeah, one of the, yeah one of our something first like that. It was a while a back. On a... <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it was always, I mean, you know, it was fun joining you then. And then, I mean, obviously, uh, being able to keep in touch and um you know ryan with the the internship program i was really glad we we're able to do that this this year at the Fools. so um yeah it's been nice to keep in touch with you guys
0: yeah definitely and you are going to be talking about ansys right
2: uh yeah yeah ansys i mean just you know it rolls right off the tongue i'm sure a company that everybody out there is very familiar with huh right yeah <laughs> totally kidding <laughs> how'd you uh, how'd you people...
0: <laughs> how'd you come across them
2: uh so you know it it was interesting so i i one of the services i run at work it's it's a service that focuses on immersive uh technology so uh primarily augmented virtual reality but um as i was as i was putting together you know the research for that service to get it going uh ansys was one of the companies that i ran across in my research there and and so i you know i found it back um in early 2019 and you know, started digging into it, and and it was it was not one that I had, had ever really looked at before. And and um, the more I dug into it, the more I started really becoming more interested in it. And um, so I, I actually made it a formal recommendation in the service in September of two thousand and nineteen. Uh, and you know, it, it, it's been it's been a nice sort of steady performer for us so far. It's done well since the recommendation. I think the stock's returned about fifty percent, and I'm outpacing the market. So you know, it, it's not. It's not one of those newfangled tech companies that's out there just like, you know, doubling and tripling seemingly every other day. But um, you know, it's a company that that does something really well, and it feels like the market recognizes that, and um, and and it continues to chug along nicely.
1: Right. And then before we get into why you like it as an investment, can you explain what Ansys does?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, in simplest terms, I mean, Ansys is a, it's a simulation software and services company. So they, they built software that, that ultimately lets its end users uh, build simulation models. And so they serve end markets from aerospace and defense to automotive, to electronics and energy and healthcare, consumer products, sports. I mean, it it runs the gamut as far as, as far as uh, the different Serves, but uh, you know v- the value proposition is is fairly simple. In that simulation software, good simulation software saves time and money. So for companies that are building things, whether it's a building or on a, you know a plane or whatever else, uh, semiconductors it, instead of having to sink a lot of time and money into actual designs, right, and, and then you know having to, to you know perform a lot of trial and error. Uh, until you get the one that works. You know, Ansys' software, that simulation software ultimately lets these companies uh, build simulations to to whittle down the time and the investment so that they can really get to the finish line more quickly with ultimately better products. And is it a subscription service, I imagine? Uh, so, yes and no. That's, you know, one of the things with their business model that is, it's noteworthy. They, they do have a subscription-style offering. They, you know, they, they have a, uh, what they call lease licenses. Um, you know, and they also, as, as many of these older uh, players in, in this industry have had for the longest time, they, they have a perpetual license uh, dynamic to the business model as well. Now, it's worth noting, they're steering away from that I mean that they're kind of naturally because that's where the ball is going right I mean that's where the that's where the uh, the puck is going so to speak is is uh, they're steering away from that perpetual model and more towards uh, you know like a uh, subscription style time timed uh, lease license model which I think um, ultimately will be the crux of the business but you know they're, they're not there yet.
1: Okay and then the uh, so I assume that the subscriptions or the licenses are quite uh, you know expensive you know a team of maybe a few dozen aerospace engineers are probably paying a, you know a lot for one
2: of these correct or they're more than just like a Netflix subscription <laughs> Um yeah it's definitely more than, more than a Netflix subscription and for the most part yeah it is it is it is highly specialized software um, and so it, it is very costly um, you know they have opened up recently as cloud computing has become more uh, mainstream they have this thing called the Ansys cloud, uh, which has opened them up to I think a little bit more of a market opportunity and that they can bring people into their universe without having to necessarily make that large upfront commitment so so, you know, you could get in there and tinker around with some of the stuff that they have and sort of as a pay-as-you-go model, um, you know, similar kind of like to maybe something like a Fastly, I guess, you know, you, you pay for what you use. Um, it, but ultimately, the idea, yeah, is, is to bring them in as, as long-term Ah uh, clients where they're they're paying for that ongoing relationship, and, and yeah, because of the specialized nature of the software it's it's pricey, but you know what that what that does i mean it it affords the business some some very healthy margins and, and I mean obviously as investors, we love that.
0: And uh, what about management? Uh, What do you think of them overall? Who's running the company?
2: Yeah. So the company's headed, the CEO is a gentleman named Ajay Gopal. And so he's the CEO and the president of the company. He's been the CEO since 2017. Um, He served as COO for a brief stretch. He's, He's a... To, to call him smart is probably a disservice because, I mean, he's he's a doctor. He holds a PhD in computer science, um, holds a master of science from Cornell, a master of science from University of Arizona, um, a, a bachelor of tech in mechanical engineering. I mean, this guy is, is He's, he's wicked smart, uh, to, to put it lightly, um, and, and I, I would encourage listeners certainly to you, you can Google him and, and see interviews from when he's been on you know various news shows talking about what the business does and, and uh, you know customers that they serve and whatnot. It's it's just really interesting to hear him. Speak to the business because he he knows it so well and he knows the tech side of things so well um, so so all in all i mean he seems like a he seems like a very good um, leader for the company, and then they have a cFO there and maria shields she 's been with the company since i think thousand nine hundred and ninety four been the cFO since one thousand nine hundred and ninety eight um, you know, one of the things that we always love to see with management teams is uh, some sort of, of ownership of the company, right? Inside ownership. And, uh, you know, I, I never considered that like a reason to invest, but I, I, it's always nice to see they've got some skin in the game. I think that's one one mark they have against them is it doesn't seem like there really is that much meaningful skin in the game on their part. Okay. But, you know, you, 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 you take that as it goes. But I think all in all, I mean, they, they seem like a very capable leadership team Kind of just keep their heads down, do their business. When you listen to them on the calls, uh, they're very confident in their strategy and, and, and what they're doing. Obviously, very well-versed, you know, uh, regarding the technology and, and what they're bringing to market. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, all in all, I think you get to feel really good about the management team they had there today. Is it, uh, oh, go ahead, Ryan.
0: is it an American company? Uh, it's one probably a lot of listeners are unfamiliar with. So, is it?
2: It is. Yeah, I mean it's it's actually headquartered out of Pennsylvania. So, I mean it is yeah, it's an American company. I think you know, it's just it's one of those companies that just flies under the radar, I think for a lot of folks. It just it's it's not one that has ever been you know, one of those obvious companies out there. And and um it, it feels like you see some of them out there. I mean, I th- I would say Autodesk until recently was kind of the same way. Um you know, I was always surprised to see such a lack of coverage for, for companies like that in, in our universe at, at work, um, which, you know, honestly, I was excited to be able to, to bring them into our universe. I mean, that, that was one thing that kind of surprised me, but um, yeah, it just kind of flies under the radar. But when you, when you look under the hood there, you, you can see it's they got a really pretty sweet little business going on.
1: Right. And you've explained some of this already, but, you know, feel free to go a little more, you know, long winded here. Um, you know, no, no time limit. What, Why do you like Ansys as an investment going forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there, there are a few different reasons. I mean, for me, you know, I, I like to find businesses that are that are pursuing, you know, large and growing market opportunities. Certainly, that's one where where Ansys uh, is is. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's something that, that Ansys is doing. I mean, it, they've they've seen uh, the simulation software market alone that they pursue. Um, they see reaching somewhere in the neighborhood of around twenty billion dollars uh, plus uh, by twenty twenty three. I think they're talking about. And I mean, when you look at um, when you look at the company today, I mean, it's generating around one point five billion dollars in revenue. So it's still relatively small from a top line perspective, um, but. You know, it's always fun to find companies that have that reputation as, as sort of the, the, the gold standard in their space. And, and um, all of the research and digging that I've done in to, to ANSYS, I mean, it, it, they really do seem to have that reputation. Um, I mean, they're clearly not the only company out there that does simulation, um, but but they do have a very strong reputation in the space for it. Um, And and so then, you know, when you couple that along with the fact that really, I think we're seeing more and more uh, the power of really good software. I mean, we're seeing great businesses all over that are really, really succeeding with powerful software offerings. And, And if you have really good software, and you know you provide a really good service that that big important clients need. Um, it can create some very long lasting relationships, right? I think that good software over time can create some switching costs uh, that ultimately can afford the company a little bit of pricing power. It certainly uh, allows them to continue growing that annual contract value metric that a lot of these software companies report. Um, and, and then I mean. Look, I mean, you know, 90% plus gross margins. I mean, anytime I see a company that's generating 90% plus gross margins, I got to take a closer look because that, you know, these software companies can scale very nicely. Mm-hmm. And and as those margins continue to maintain uh, on, the, on the gross margin side, I mean, they can really start bringing more of that down to the bottom line over time. And um, and that's, you know, that's what it seems like they're doing. So it just, it seems like a very well-run company that that does something very well um and and just continues to pursue you know bringing new offerings in that simulation space and to me honestly like the value proposition in simulation software makes perfect sense right i mean the economics of that of that make just perfect sense and so i could see you know a world where more and more clients are going to be relying on software like this and um it sounds like Ansys will will be there to take its share
1: and I would assume that this is a low churn business. I'm not sure if they give out their actual number, whether it's like below 5%, but I would think with these large contracts, you got the embedded cost of learning these programs within, I guess, the, you know, the one example I like to think about is aerospace, where yep. switching, like you said, there's high switching costs, <laughs> that churn number is, is likely low.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I can't speak to a specific churn number. Um, I'm sure there's probably one that exists out there that I just don't have on me. Um, but but I think you're right in that when you look at the nature of some of their clients, um, yeah, they, it, it's not something where you can just kind of Start it and then stop it and then pick it back up at a later time. These these are clients that need to use this software for ongoing, long term relationships as they're building what they're building. I mean, whether it's in tech or aerospace or automotive, um, and so you do see like from that from that annual contract value metric, they tend to they they report as a uh, you know sort of a metric that matters for the business. I mean, you do see that number continue. Uh, to remain stable and grow, which which indicates obviously that they're they're keeping a lot of their clients um, as 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 long term clients of the business. So yeah, it it is a fairly low term business by the nature of the product that they're offering.
0: And we didn't we didn't put this on our little tear sheet here, but you said they generate about one point five billion in sales, ninety plus percent gross margins. What's the business valued at today? Do you know?
2: Uh, the market cap of the business right now is 27, yeah, close to $28 billion, um, today. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it was a little bit smaller, of course, um, when I first found it, but you know, that's, that's a good thing. It means it's, it's continued to grow and the, the market's recognizing it. Um, it does feel like it's hard to find anything out there with a reasonable valuation today. Right. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a business that is, is nicely profitable. And, and generates a uh, you know, healthy amount of, of, of cash on an annual basis. And so that's really encouraging. I mean, the economics, the economics of the business are, are very attractive from that perspective. We're not kind of looking for that path to profitability, that right. path to profitability is already there. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's a nice thing. A nice. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're there, gonna you hit- have,
1: any, you have anything else? No? No,
0: okay. uh, we're gonna hit a quick break here. And then on the second half, we are going to try to poke some holes in Jason's thesis. So here you go. <laughs>
2: All blocked. Thanks to Advanced Security, included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Advanced Security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restriction supply.
0: Welcome back in. Uh, next segment, we have Devil's Advocate. So we have provided some bearish points for Jason to refute. I will go first. Um, with the slowdown in air travel trickling down to the aerospace uh, suppliers, which are typically ANSYS customers, uh, we are going to see higher churn for ANSYS.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's certainly something worth keeping in mind. I mean, I, I think you could, you could, uh, you could certainly see how that could happen. Now I think it's important to note for ANSYS, um, certainly aerospace is one of their largest industries. I mean, if you look at their three largest industry, industries, it's high tech automotive and aerospace and defense. And uh, they they've noted that uh those markets have remained strong, even even through, uh, you know, what we've been dealing with it here throughout uh, 2020. Um, it, one thing that I'll, I'll note from the most recent call is they, they were talking more, they were digging a little bit more into that aerospace and defense uh, market that, that you're mentioning there. That's their second largest sector right now. It's about 18% of their trailing 12-month annual contract value. So it, you're right. It's an important part of the business, and it's not one... Um, that, that you should take lightly. It, it was encouraging. They, they did note that while the pandemic has impacted commercial air travel, they they continue to see strong spending in the sector, actually, thanks to strategic initiatives. And, and I think part of that is attributable to the defense part of that aerospace and defense. Uh, so that's encouraging, I think, from that point. I mean, they, they are a little bit diversified in that aerospace um, and, and defense part of the business in that it is something that goes beyond commercial air travel. Um, and, and, and again, I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before is, you know, the, these are clients that, that because of the nature of what they do, they, they have to be long-term relationships because you know you're not designing planes over the course of a month, right I mean these are, these are year-long pro, years-long processes uh, that are taking place, and so th- they do see a little they do see a little protection um, you know in, in that regard, and, and I think the the defense side of the aerospace and defense uh, part of the business is uh, is encouraging too. So yes, a big part of the business, uh, definitely something to watch out for. As of now, it seems like management uh, feels like it's still in a pretty good spot though.
1: Right. I guess that is a little smaller than I thought. I, I thought it would be almost the majority of their revenue. But my counterpoint is that, you know, Autodesk and DeSalt Systems, uh, two of their main competitors, they have a stronger foothold on college campuses. Uh, this may be anecdotal because I, was, I got a degree in mechanical engineering and I know that, you know, people I knew and myself used Dassault and Autodesk. Does that give yeah. these competitors an advantage at the top of the funnel where it takes, you know, hours and hours or even a few months to learn how to use these simulation software Uh, you know, correctly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it can definitely give them an advantage. Um, And, and, you know, I mean, listen, Autodesk and DeSalt, I love them both and actually recommended them both in services as well. Um, And and I'll mention too, I I own shares personally in Autodesk and in Ansys. Um, but, But to the point there, yeah, I think, you know, Ansys... Has that same dynamic fortunately in that they have a foothold in the in the universities and the academic institutions I mean I think at this point to date uh, they supply uh, just under two thousand eight hundred academic institutions more than ninety two countries. Uh, well over six hundred thousand licenses. So, so there is that dynamic there, and that they they are at the top of the funnel, getting students in. And, and as you know, based on based on what you've done in, in school, um, you know that's that's something that's attracted from the employer side when they see folks coming out of school being educated on those platforms, it encourages those, uh, those employers to use those platforms. And, and so that's certainly um, something to keep in mind. I, th- I think the one thing I would say with, with Autodesk and Dassault, and one of the reasons why I like them too, is that they are, their broader offerings like the yeah. companies themselves, they have a broader universe of offerings. Um, whereas Ansys is a, is, is a little bit more focused on simulation specifically. And I mean, just as, as an example, I mean, if you just I, I just, I always do this, I search through I search through documents for for words and, and language just to get an idea of how often it's used. And so, you know, if you go through Ansys's 10K, you find the word simulation mentioned 84 times. If you go through Autodesk, you see it mentioned two times in the context yeah. of the actual business. Um, it, it's, you know, just, just to say that, I mean, Autodesk, it's a much broader offering, whereas Ansys is certainly very, very much more focused on that that simulation side of the business. Uh, with that said, I mean, you're looking at two very well endowed competitors in the space in Autodesk and Dassault. Um, thankfully it's a big market opportunity, uh, but but I think that's something that, that Ansys will always have to keep an eye on. Um, interestingly enough though and i think this is a neat dynamic of ansys's business and i think we're seeing this with more uh, companies in this space you're seeing a lot of a lot of partnerships a lot of relationships that are coming out of out of uh, what these companies are doing and so um, you know specifically in ansys's 10k they mentioned the the relationship they have with autodesk right ansys and autodesk are actually partners they work together um, along with another company that that i've recommended in this c um, and, and so it's it's Yes they're competitors absolutely um, It's nice to see also that they that they collaborate together um, and maybe you know that's an opportunity for for all of those boats to rise uh w- with the incoming tide um but uh, yeah i mean that you got you got be you got to be aware of the fact that you've got some some strong com- uh, competition out there in, in companies like autodesk and DeSalt.
0: okay, and one of the questions we tend to like to ask because not a lot of people think about this side of purchasing shares in any company is the selling side. So yeah. what would have to happen for you to
2: want to sell
0: Ansys uh, shares?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like anytime you see, I, I mean, when you see a business's financials deteriorating, right? I mean, you can see the numbers ultimately start telling a tale. And, and if, if they if they start to lose Market share. If they see, you know, that gold standard reputation in the space eroding, and they see a company like Autodesk getting in there and gaining more uh, presence in that simulation space, I mean, you'll see that play out in the financials. You'll see that play out in the the number of relationships they have um, in the academic world. Uh, so, so anytime you see those numbers start deteriorating, that that's when you got to start asking some more questions. Um, typically longer term, that starts resulting in margin pressure, if they, if they have to, you know, they have to start uh, conceding a little bit on the pricing side, for example, um, or if you see that that annualized uh, annual contract value uh, metric that they report, if you see that number start to, to level off or even, even start to deteriorate. Um, those are signs that that something's wrong, and and you have to dig a little bit deeper to see exactly what the nature of that that problem is. But but I you know those are things that would make me think. All right, you know I mean maybe this is a company that's losing its edge, and maybe it's a company that, you know maybe it's losing its edge to a to another one of these players. It's it's better you know more, more worth owning one of those, one of those competitors. Um, And then ultimately, you know, I I always just like to really hold management accountable to what they say they're going to do. I'm not really much into like, you know, Wall Street's estimates. Um, I feel like, you know, the management teams of these businesses typically know those businesses better than than we do, or you know, the Wall Street analysts that are always setting those targets. So, you know, I pay attention to what management says they're going to do, and if management doesn't do what they say they're going to do, then you know, I mean, how much can you really trust them? And if you don't want to be invested with a management team that you don't trust,
0: is there large? I mean, I, I imagine the answer is yes, but is there large customer overlap between what Ansys and Auto like Ansys and Autodesk customers, or is there sort of their specified own? Uh, niche, if you will, because I know uh, ANSYS is more tailored towards simulation. <laughs> Autodesk is more towards building, if I'm not mistaken. Construction, yes. Um, yeah. Is there a lot of overlap there?
2: Um, that's a good question. I'm, I, I don't know that I can point you to a direct metric in in noting a percentage of overlap there. It, it certainly would make sense that clients would use in some cases both. Right. Um, but I do you know, I, I don't know that there's necessarily as much meaningful overlap, particularly when you consider the the collaboration, uh, the the collaborative nature of the businesses. Um, but but yeah, that's a good question. I would have to actually dig in a little bit more to find that out.
0: Okay. All
1: right. And then I guess I was going to ask how you would know you were wrong, but uh, you already kind of answered that. You gave a lot of metrics. One other one I would be interested in, though, is the R and D spend. Do you track that
2: at all? Yeah, I think any these types of businesses R&D spend is always something worth watching because a lot of times that's going to be that's going to be a competitive edge right i mean that's going to be a competitive edge for these businesses and if you start seeing R&D is dwindling, right? If R&D over time becomes less and less meaningful, I mean, some folks might look at that and say, oh, okay, great. Well, they're saving a little bit, you know, on the expense side, which means they should be more profitable. When, you know, the fact of the matter is that really R&D expense is, that's, that's sort of, that's competitive advantage maintenance, right? I mean, that's, they, that, that's, that's really, that's what fuels the fire for these guys. And so if you look over the last, uh, what, five years, you go back to 2015 and, and you look at R&D spend as a percentage of overall revenue for the company, I mean, it tracks anywhere from 18 to 22% um, consistently. And as a matter of fact, in, in the more recent years, it is accelerating. I mean, it was um, 18% in 2017, uh, trailing 12 months, it's 22%. And, and so, yeah, I, I actually, I, I appreciate seeing companies that continue to, to invest in R&D, particularly in this line of work, because that R&D really is, that's, that's the maintenance for that competitive advantage that they have. That, I mean, that gold standard, you know, they're not just given that, you have to earn it. And in order to earn that, you got to continue to invest in your business and bring new products and new offerings to market, um, and that all that all stems from just having that that ongoing R and D expense. And you know that's that's the nice thing about finding business with economics like like Ansys is, you know, these strong gross margins, healthy cash flow. That means they can self fund, they can continue to reinvest in the business and, and maintain that gold standard and bring new products to market.
0: And I think a lot of people look at it and you're like, well, if they trim that down, they could be more profitable. But it's like Yes, that goes under the operating expense line, but it's more of an investment.
2: Yeah, it is. I agree totally. It's 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 kind of a forest for the trees thing, right? I mean, you in the near term, you, you want you want to try to you know dial back expenses and, and juice profitability. You you can absolutely do that, but is that really you know the best decision for the longer term success of the business, particularly in in as is, is a competitive in, in, in industry as this one? I mean, I, I think we probably all three would agree. You got to maintain that R&D expense. You got to keep spending money to kind of make money, as they say.
0: Right. Um, So if you were in charge, or I guess as a shareholder, what's one change you would make uh, with
2: ANSYS? Um, Well, so I think it's something that they're doing now. I I think maybe, though, I would step on the gas a little bit in regard to um, the, the move away from the perpetual license toward the the lease license um, you know it's not something that seems like it's at top of mind for management right now or I mean they don't really they don't really harp on it on the call I think maybe they just they see it as sort of a, as something that's happening naturally as okay. as uh, the world sort of moves towards that sort of subscription style offering and and so maybe they feel like you know they don't really have to do terribly much because it's just kind of naturally happening. Um, I understand some of the trepidation because we saw Autodesk kind of go through this a little while back. And, uh, you know, for a little while, the market questions it, you know, wondering, I mean, is that going to really work out for the business? I mean, it, it, it does place a little bit of pressure on the financials in the near term as they kind of you know recalibrate the business model, so to speak, but there are just so many examples that show that that subscription offering that that lease that lease license style uh, model uh, works out very well, particularly when you have a good product like that that keeps people in your universe when the switching costs are pretty high so i I mean it, it, it's nitpicking I mean maybe i would maybe I would try to step on the gas a little bit more with that, but i mean i can't really I can't really knock them for it because they they really are continuing to do pretty well um and, and i don't know i mean maybe maybe try to be a little bit more like autodesk maybe broaden their offering a little bit i mean i maybe that's something that will develop through these partnerships and the collaboration um i think anything they can do to, to expand that total market opportunity could could at least be worth examining i mean as long as it doesn't come at the cost of what they do today already i mean my you know I, i'd hate to see them try to expand that total market opportunity and then you know, in the process, neglect. You know what's gotten them to where they are today. Right? That 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 wouldn't be ideal. But you know, those are a couple things I'd, I'd at least entertain.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it. Yep. Thank you for joining us, uh, for all the listeners. We are not financial advisors. Uh, Jason is, uh, but we are not, if <laughs> I'm not mistaken.
2: Well, I'm not a financial advisor. No. Okay, I mean, okay. I, I I do I do run the two services at work and and. um, and recommend stocks for our members, but I'm not—I'm not, I'm not right. a financial advisor. Just a, okay. just a plain old dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anything we say or discuss here on Chit Chat Money is not formal advice or recommendation. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.